2: Good morning, Lee.
0: Good morning, Tara.
2: Well, 11 votes. Kev is giving you an 11 shot opportunity to decide if you love Kev. Guy can't stand this guy. Um, he is everything that is wrong with Washington. And I got to tell you, um Ralph Norman, Representative Ralph Norman, one of our three Congress members in the upstate is an absolute hero to me for fighting as hard as he has, a true patriot. Given what he's risking, because once Kev gets that speaker's gavel, he's coming after Ralph Norman and the other 20 like the hounds of hell. He absolutely is. Um, And it's going to be seven hundred thousand dollars to a million bucks spent in the primary to knock him out. And this is part of our problem. I mean, this is one of the reasons we underperformed in the midterms is that Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell's PACs, again, spent over 20 million dollars that we know of. There's probably more. Um, trying to defeat conservative Republicans in the primaries rather than taking out Democrats. This is who they are, um, the two of them. And, and, and they are the biggest obstacle facing the American people because, look, if we had Republican leadership that would fight, that would let us suit up and get on the field, we could see if we could actually beat the other side and save the country, but they won't let us. The good news is this, though, and there is some good news this morning. Kev has caved to the demands. Now, if you watch this uh, overnight, right, Uh, Fox News was painting these Republicans as part of the patriot movement, like, you know, fringe extremists. Um, One Congress member, Dan Crenshaw, called them terrorists. What did they want? Oh, crazy things. Like what? Well, Ralph Norman was on television this morning explaining, listen, you know, when these big b- bills come down and everybody's outraged when they find out what's in them, right? Never mind that we're printing the money to pay for it because we can't afford it and we don't even need it anyway, right? All these massive pork giveaways, um, really awful things that we don't like. Like, oh, hey, we're not allowed to spend a dime defending the border. We can only spend it processing illegal immigrant future voters. Things like that. That Republicans and Democrats together put in bills. Things like that, Right. All they asked Kevin McCarthy for this fall when they started this, because there's been a lot of criticism of them. um, Oh, well, you know, y'all waited last minute. No, they did not. That's a lie. They asked Kevin McCarthy this. You tell me this is radical. We want a rules change that says we get 72 hours to read the bills. Find out what we're voting for.
0: Yeah, that's not radical. But that's been something that's been a bone of contention with with members of Congress for decades. And we've heard over and over again. I don't know how many House speakers I've heard that have said, oh, we're going to let you review these bills a number of hours beforehand. And it's been both Democrat and Republican speakers that have said it and they all went back on it.
2: Right. But we've never had a rules change before. And that's what they wanted. That, so that would then become the rules. The budget would be invalidated if they didn't wait the 72 hours. In other words, it's got to be published, and there must be 72 hours before the vote.
0: And if the Freedom Caucus members get more seats on that committee, they would have more control over it.
2: That, too. So they went after that. And he and enormously, listen, what, what they're doing, and, and, and again, Kevin McCarthy is, is guilty of this. The Republican leadership is guilty of this. as the Democrat leadership. In fact, they're often working together. Um, to make sure that Republican members can't figure out what's in these bills Um, and how much printing is involved to pay for them. I mean, all of that. You can't figure it out. They drop the bill at midnight, and you vote on it at 8 a.m. That's on purpose. And he's saying, look, we don't even have the staff members to come through it. So we're left making horrible decisions and voting for things that we completely disagree with. And, And again, it's not just the Democrats doing that. This is the Republicans, too. And so they asked Kevin McCarthy in the fall, hey, Give us 72 hours. Let's make a rule change. Commit to that. Right? So this would be a permanent rule change. He wouldn't commit to it. They've been bugging him since the fall. And the other thing that they've started doing is they'll take seven, eight, nine of these funding bills for different parts of the government and lop them together to make it as long as possible so that um, they can't be read. And he said, "No, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to we're going to break it up." The other reason they do that is because, say, for instance, a Republican Congress member wouldn't want to, wouldn't you know, is going to want to vote on a defense bill, right? They don't want to be hit in the primary saying, "Oh, you voted against our military." Well, Kev knows that. So does Nancy Pelosi. And so they'll lot they'll put uh, mash all the bills together, uh, funding for stuff Republicans really want and don't want to vote against, and funding for stuff the Democrats really want, and. Even when the Republicans are in majority, this is how Kevin McCarthy and and Mitch McConnell forced the Republicans to vote for this stuff. Um, They mash it all together. He's saying, nope, we break it up. We vote on each individual one. We get 72 hours to read it. Because if you don't know what's in it and you couldn't possibly humanly read it, you can't fight it or demand it be passed taken out. So this is really um, the Republican leadership working hand-in-hand with the Democrats to hose Republicans and people like Ralph Norman saying no more. But what's really interesting about Ralph Norman and what he's been saying, particularly on War Room and on Fox News, is he's flat out telling the American people, and you don't even hear the truth like this much, Lee, we're going, the, the federal government's going broke. And yeah. he said on War Room the other day, he said, listen, the only choice you have right now between the Democrat leaders who are totally committed to going broke and collapsing the government at a very fast rate and the Republican leaders who want to do it a little slower. That's where we are. And he's like, we, we're going broke. And Kevin McCarthy won't even acknowledge it. And you said, you know, they're almost childlike in Washington. Like, well, we just, we already printed 31 trillion. I mean, we can print 31 more. It'll be fine. But what he's saying is, and, you know, and, and, and this has been a message of the last week for me, we have the numbers now from the Congressional Budget Office, okay? We printed, well, we, we, the bill for the interest in this omnibus that just passed in December was $400 billion, the highest ever. That's just the interest. How much was the whole bill? One point seven trillion. Okay. In five years, the interest, just the interest, will be a trillion dollars. How was how much was the whole omnibus budget bill in December for the year through September? That was one point seven trillion. Wait, wait, wait. A trillion of that will be just interest in five years? Yes. In ten years, one point nine trillion will be interest. Okay. How much of the $1.7 we just spent in December, how much of that did we have to print or borrow? A trillion. Wait, wait, wait. We printed or borrowed, we're going to have to print or borrow a trillion of the $1.7 Yes. And in five years, we're going to owe a trillion in interest before we can even fund a penny of the budget or the government collapses? Yeah. Well, what are we going to do, Lee? Are going to print the interest? Is that how that's going well, to work? Yeah, of course. What else do you think would happen? This is why... Vladimir Putin is in Ukraine. No. This is why BRICS is challenging our currency. And we're out there, our currency is fine, man, strong on earth. Yeah, that's because the others are hobbled right now. They see this. They know our currency is going down if we don't stop. And Ralph Norman is saying, stop. Look, federal government collapses. I'm at the point now, I don't even care if we have a military. I just don't even care. Military's on social media censoring me. I got no use for them anymore. I'm not even sure if they're my friend or my enemy. At this point, I'm not talking about the recruits in the army. I'm talking about the leadership. I mean, if the Pentagon uh, is using the FBI to censor me online, well, then they are a domestic enemy of mine. Um, so, you know, if the government collapses, we don't have a military. Oh, well. I mean, honestly, will it look any different from today when anybody who wants to cross that border can cross it? Including 100 plus terrorists? I don't think so. I mean, so when I'm saying this, I'm not arguing we should or shouldn't have a military. I'm saying, we won't have a military. The military budget is a trillion dollars a year. We're going to owe $1.9 trillion in interest before we pay a dime of that. Governmental collapse. So, I mean, this is the sense of unreality. And for Fox News, and good for Tucker Carlson standing up last night, for Fox News, for guests on Fox News to be allowed unchallenged, who call Ralph Norman and the other 19 Republicans who are fighting for fiscal sanity terrorists, members of a patriot group, like patriot militia type group. Yeah. No, they're the only sane Americans left. The radicals here, the terrorists, are McCarthy and Pelosi who are trying to cram this printing down Congress members' throats by not letting them read it because it's the only way they can get their votes. I throw my hands in the air, Lee. I just
0: don't. I got to make one comment that I think is this is almost laughable. The Democrats are spending all their time talking about, oh, there's chaos in Congress. Look at how they're doing this. You know, why in the world can't we get this election done? I'm like, this is the same. This is the same group of people who want to have. Early voting, who want to keep counting votes after the election's over with, who want to drag things out, who want to find ballots wherever they can find them, whether or not they're actually legal ballots and count them. I just think it's hilarious that they sit here and criticize this process, which is all legal, moral and ethical and constitutional, even though it's dragging things out. But, but this is the way the process works. And, and yet now they're critical of an election that's not done in one day.
2: Well, Funny. I got to I got to give you the good news. By not doing this, we managed to extract those promises exactly, from Kevin.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I, I so think we're actually read our bills now. That's the one thing. If if that if we get something out of this, and and to me that's the whole thing. If the conservative freedom caucus gets something out of this, if we actually get more, you know, transparency about what's going on, if we get more honesty about what's going on, if we get more control over what's going on, if Republicans actually get something out of this, then it's been worth the fight. If this is just about I hate Kevin McCarthy and I don't want to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to vote for him just because I don't like him and you don't get anything out of it, then this is pointless. But for those who yeah. are actually trying to get something out of this, it is it has value. And if they're able to get it and if it works, then it was worth the effort.
2: And I think all of them have a point. I mean, you, you listen to Matt Goetz. All they wanted, as I said yesterday, was to put the border security bill demanded yeah. by Governor Abbott in the Texas a delegation of Congress members to a vote in the House. That's not radical. Those are Republicans. Kevin was blocking that. You know? So the only radical here is Kevin McCarthy. So good for them for standing up. And by the way, this whole idea, the founders divided everything, a House Mm -hmm. and a Senate, right? right? Three branches of government. Why'd they do that? Because they wanted government to work together no they didn't they wanted nothing to pass they wanted it to be almost impossible very very hard to get anything that would pass they thought of every way to throw in a a wrench in the way of corrupt people like kevin mccarthy and nancy pelosi so government right now what ralph norman is doing what they're doing with the 11 votes that's exactly what the founders wanted they didn't want good government that works they wanted almost no government They wanted to make it as hard as possible for corrupt people to seize the reins of power and get spending like this through.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's
0: largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours
2: You know, all those authoritative predictions they make, who is they, I don't know, but they're always deferred to these people. They're the same people told you to follow science that didn't work out so well. So, uh, cause the science was a lie. Yeah. But all those people are like, yeah, in 50 years we'll have, or we won't have, or will. And it's reported as if, you know, you can't even question it. Yeah. Like remember how by 2011, all that sea ice was supposed to be melted up at the pole Yeah, that didn't happen. In fact, most people don't really know what will happen. And we know that by looking back. So here's some predictions. This is kind of funny, actually. These are are predictions taken from old newspaper articles from 1923 to see what experts were predicting back then for 2023. Let's see how they did. It's actually pretty interesting. I only bring this up because there's so many predictions today. You know, like, the world's going to burn up. Florida will be underwater. Boy, don't they wish. That'd take care of the DeSantis problem. It's not going to happen. Number one prediction, people will work a maximum of four hours a day. I don't know about that. Maybe. And by the time you cut out all the chit-chat and the break room, and if you're working from home all the time, you waste. Maybe. They said electricity would make that possible. I think they kind of got that one. Work is so much more efficient now. You don't have to type out a letter or bang it out on your typewriter, put it in the mail. You know what I mean? You can just text. I mean, I yeah, maybe. I don't know about the four hours a day part, but um, definitely more more efficient because of uh, electricity. Number two, this is funny. No ugly people, you I address it more. Yeah, they thought that we would have cured ugliness by now and beauty pageants would be obsolete. They are obsolete. Only because men are allowed to enter them now. We have to pretend they're women. Number three, women will paint their teeth black to be fashionable. Eh, we have meth addicts. Does that count? Number four, gasoline will be replaced by radio waves. Well, not radio waves, but Tesla, eh, kind of. Electric vehicles. Okay, number five, the average life expectancy would be 100 years old. Well, back then, did you know this, 19... 19- 23, do you know what the life average life expectancy, what what was the life expectancy for Americans? Do you know what it was? This is crazy to me. 57 years old, that was the average age at which people died. Wow. Now it's 76. So, yeah, they were off, but, I mean, it did increase dramatically. Now, here's the funny one. They predicted flying from Chicago to Germany would take only 18 hours in 2023 they were actually way too conservative with that one it's really half that now it's about a nine hour flight so they'd be amazed by that they said cancer would be eradicated well we've come a long way but no uh homes wouldn't have kitchens anymore uh, that food would be made using chemical formulas well they got that part right read the back of it just about any box it's a bunch of chemicals you can't identify that's true but we still need our kitchens mainly because we like our chemicals warm uh warmed up before we eat them um, telepathy will exist. No, they didn't get that one right. And finally, kidney koozies, like beer koozies, but to keep your internal organs warm? Uh no. Anyway, let's get a little perspective on future predictions, which if these are any indications, probably will not work out very well. Here's another prediction. Coming from the Pentagon, the second one this week, ISIS is reforming. Oh, and they're pissed. You know why they're mad? Because unlike Joe Biden, Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump teamed up and killed off their 40,000 strong caliphate, including a lot of their leaders. So he couldn't really do anything about that because everyone was dead. But now that Joe Biden has allowed them to reconstitute in Al-Qaeda, reconstitute and Al-Qaeda to reconstitute in um, Afghanistan by abandoning it, their numbers are growing again. And the Pentagon is warning, they're mad. They're coming for us. They want to kill some of us, so it's cool. Um, and that, and that is going to be fine because the border is wide open. In fact, they may already be here given that 100 terrorists that we know have crossed that border. So that was today's news. Yes, uh, we opened the week. This is the craziest thing. So that's ISIS. We opened the week with the Department of Homeland Security, some patriot whistleblower inside the Department of Security Homeland Security uh, leaking that al-Qaeda, not ISIS. This is a different group. Al-Qaeda is planning to bring down more airlines since we don't put air marshals on them anymore since they're too busy down at the border acting as Uber drivers and warming baby bottles for the illegal immigrants. So they're coming to blow our planes out of the sky. Where are they planning all this out of? From the haven that Joe Biden built for them in Afghanistan. Too bad we can't get another Putin-Trump partnership. It took us last time. Uh, nine months to blow them away. We could do it quickly, but once again, the Democrats and Joe Biden are in the way. I was absolutely just entranced with this last night. So was my husband. One of those things where you just get sucked into the internet. I ended up reading every word of the arrest, the arrest indictment affidavit uh, in the Idaho murder case. Because there's something going on there. I don't know if this is telling a tale about a generation or what. this is so bizarre. So bizarre. By the way, before we even get into that, do you know that the sister of the suspect in the case, Brian Kohlberger, made a movie. She started a movie. Pretty girl. Um, in 2011, it was a horror movie about college-age kids who were hacked to death with a knife and an axe. Can you believe this? And you know what's interesting about that? We also know two different weapons were used. There's one where they're clear stabbings, and the other that something else was, you know, gouged her. I wonder if... Wonder if it was an axe. Obviously, made an, a big impression on young Brian, I'll tell you that. But that's not the crazy part. The crazy part, you're going to hear about this today if you haven't already, is DM. Who's DM? Well, we don't know yet. I can't wait to meet this chick. She's one of the two surviving roommates. And now that the 19 page indictment affidavit is out, people are, their minds are blown. Here's why. Okay. She's woken up, or her attention has gotten. I don't know if she was sleeping; it's not clear from the affidavit. By some noise in one of her roommates' rooms, so first she thinks it's around four a.m. She thinks that that she's playing with the dog. Then she hears a cry, and so she opens her door. The first time she looks around, door to where she's in her bedroom, she opens her door, looks around, nothing there. Um, this continues, you know, the thumping, the noise, the cry. Um, You know, the the conversation, she opens the door again, there's nothing there, right? This is, I feel like I'm telling like like a horror story around the campfire, but it actually happened. So the third time she hears someone come down the hall, she opens the door, looks out. There's a guy dressed all in black, walking down the hall with a ski mask on. And the ski mask covers him almost entirely except for his eyes. And, I mean, you know, you open your bedroom door, see a guy in a ski mask going down the hall, it's going to make an impression on you, you would think, right? And it did. It made an impression on her. She told investigators, this is the roommate of the murder victim's DM, that seeing him caused her to go into a frozen shock phase. All right. Normal react That's the reaction I'd have. I mean, I'd be terrified. Frozen, shocked. I mean, I know all of that, right? But it's what happened next that is so bizarre. She watches him exit goes out through a glass door, right? She closes her door room to her door bedroom, her bedroom door and locks it, right? Understand why she's afraid. I would be afraid, right? But that's when things begin to go awry. Things begin to get a little weird. What would you do at that point? Me? I'd call the police. Okay? If for nothing, I mean just nothing is self-preservation. Even if I don't care about anyone else and I'm so selfish, I could care less about anybody else, including the person I just heard cry out. I call the police. But she didn't. Not nobody called the police. Nobody called the police for eight hours. You you can't wrap your mind around it. Eight hours? Eight hours? hours. Everyone's trying to explain this more. And a lot of people are speculating. I think they're right. Everybody had wondered why haven't we seen the roommates? Right? We we, we think they'd be doing television interviews, soaking up their 15 minutes of fame, as unseemly as that is, but they're not. Well, if I was DM, I wouldn't be anywhere either. I'd pray no one ever found me. Could we have saved any of these kids? We'll never know. Eight hours. Eight hours. Now, a lot of people have speculated maybe she was drunk, maybe she's intoxicated, but there's a problem with that. She gave the police an almost perfect description of the killer, right down to his bushy eyebrows. She couldn't have been that out of it. Almost perfect description. Bushy eyebrows. Uh, She said he was about 5'10", turned out he was 6 feet, um, and she said... He was muscular, but not big. He was athletic. That is a dead ringer for this guy. She saw him. Nobody calls police for eight hours. Okay. The 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 cry out from the room that that she heard was so loud that the security cameras of other houses in the neighborhood picked it up. So this wasn't a, you know, a quiet thing. You closed the door, you locked it, and you didn't call the police. I mean, you could have done so many things. You could have opened the window and screamed, "I need help! Somebody send the police!" You know there's been a guy in a ski mask in black in your house. You've heard your roommate cry out and you don't check on them? You don't call the police? You do nothing for 8 hours? Why? I I can't. I just I just I don't I don't know where to begin with it. Here is Joseph Scott Morgan. Just so you know, it's not just me. This is Joseph Scott Morgan, a forensic expert on Fox News this morning, and T- Todd Pyro having the same reaction.
0: One question I still have,
2: and I don't know if you- hmm, let me try again.
0: One question I still have, and I don't know if you can expound upon this. Why does there appear to be that eight-hour gap between when the roommate, who's still alive, encountered the defendant,
3: and when that roommate then called nine-one-one, or when the nine-one-one call was made? Thoughts? Yeah, massive mystery. I don't know if you know, some people have actually opined that she may have passed out at that point in time. We don't know what her status was physically. How was it that the police nine one one wasn't alerted? We've got a huge gap of time. More information is going to come out and we're going to find out what the status of DM is.
2: Yeah. Oh, I wanna know all about this nut job. I hope to parents sue her. If this was my kid, I'd sue her. Just to embarrass her, I wouldn't even care about winning. Are you kidding me? But it gets worse. So she sees the killer. After hearing her roommate call out, she's terrified of him, right? So that's the last reaction. She obviously understands he's dangerous. Doesn't call police for eight hours. But get this. Oh, no, no. That's only the beginning. Then her and the other, because we were told, we were led to believe, from the media reporting on this, remember that they slept through it. They slept through the whole thing, didn't know, woke up. Oh, wow, everybody's dead. No, they didn't sleep. This roommate didn't sleep through anything, but did nothing for eight hours. Okay, so eight hours goes by, right? They, w- they come out of the rooms, the other room. they discovering, wow, there's bodies all over the place. And remember how the crime scene looked. There was so much blood. Remember the initial pictures in Idaho of the rental house? that The blood is literally seeping down the side of the house, seeping out of the foundation. So this was quite a scene, right? You wake up to that. Your roommates are bl- brutally murdered, brutally butchered. What do you do? Let me think. I know. I'll call the police. <laughs> nah. Who needs to call them? I'll call my friends and have them over so I can show them the really cool murder scene. Because that's what the roommate did. Call Called friends first? It was so bizarre, the former FBI agent, Jonathan Gilliam, who specialized in crime scene processing for the FBI, is now a commentator on Fox News, I'll let him tell you.
3: This was such a saturated uh, crime scene. That morning, when people actually called uh, other people that came there before police even got there, I find that to be the oddest, strangest thing I've just about ever heard.
2: And he went on to explain, like, people don't do that. They they wake up, they come in, they find bodies. They called the police. They don't call their friends over to get some cool selfies with the bodies. I don't know if they did that. I mean, what, why would you do that? And he said, listen, that probably contaminated the crime scene.
3: This crime scene is going to take time to filter out because you got to remember, there's DNA everywhere. There's things, blood that was everywhere. So things are going to be tainted.
2: What a weirdo. And I'm getting a lot of text rolling and saying, look, this is just this generation. I mean, completely self-involved. Ah. Text writes, and a lot of people are thinking this. I think that girl knew him or knew something all along. No way she couldn't give that good of a description and not know him or something. I mean, it does boggle the mind. But if you read the whole affidavit, and it is quite a read, you can see that the police and the FBI really did. I mean, they followed... All of his cell phone movements. This guy was stalking these people for months. If the roommate was involved, they probably would have known by now, given how I mean they were they were following him around for weeks. Yeah, I don't know. And the mistake he made, despite his PhD level studying of the police, um, you know, he turned he, he he either turned off his cell phone or left it behind when he committed the murders, right? Common sense. But he didn't when he stalked them in the months before, so they were able to put him either following these kids around or at their place. He he didn't... I mean, I guess he figured they wouldn't go back a few months. Well, that was dumb. This guy ain't the brightest. But the roommate? Oh, I'm almost more interested in her. I can't, They're going to find this chick, because the, the whole internet, all those online sleuths, they are mad. They want to get a hold of this woman so badly in terms of her picture, her ID, and she does deserve to be exposed, I think. Because... What the heck? Yeah, so some people asking, wait, what is it? the horror film his sister started? Yeah, it was back in uh, 2011. Brian Koberger's sister. This case is so weird. I haven't been this fascinated with something in a long time, and I mean, I, I I have to confess, I am I am fascinated with it. It's just so strange. But it was a horror movie where young people get stabbed and 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 axe hacked to death. College age people, uh, and she appears as Lori in the 2011 flick. Two days back. So, yeah. Uh, a lot of folks reacting to the last segment. It's just so bizarre. And look, I, I mean, maybe there's an explanation. A lot of folks trying to come up with one on the text line, the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 71307. Some of those popular ones, maybe she passed out, and, and that's why after seeing the killer, this is the roommate, because see, up until now, everyone's thought the uh, roommate slept through it, right, and got up and found him. That's not what happened. One of the roommates was awoken and actually saw the killer pass by her door dressed all in black you know down the hallway by the door to her bedroom all in black with a jets with with a mask i'm sorry a um ski mask um on his face only his eyes showing was sober or in her right minds enough to absolutely nail his description and cops were able to use it uh, extensively actually to verify they had the right guy and yet she didn't call the cops for eight hours. She just went back in her bedroom, went back to sleep. And she admitted she was terrified of him. So she had the right reaction. You know, my husband and I were talking about this. We thought, like, okay, what would explain that? I don't know, Was she maybe high? Like, I don't know, marijuana, and she didn't want to call the cops till because you know how they can always tell, at least they can on those cops shows, that you're high by, you know, shining that flashlight in your face. Maybe she thought she'd get busted. Maybe the place smelled like pot. She didn't want to go to. Prison or, I mean, I, I don't, I'm trying to come up with a lot, something logical here. But I think that this is why we have not seen these roommates on television. Because these are the questions, you can't answer these, no answer to these questions. It's been weird because almost nobody, I mean, it's just human condition can, can resist their 15 minutes of fame. I mean, these kids that have book deals by now, why isn't she on TV? What do you want to bet a lawyer's told her don't talk? Because you've got some civil liability here. If I was the murder victim's parents, I would sue her into the next county for this. And it's just profoundly selfish. You 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 heard her cry out. You saw a guy leaving in a ski mask. You didn't check on her. Didn't care. And the cry is not a small muffled cry where you could be like, well, maybe she just stubbed her toe. I mean, the cry was so loud, it was picked up outside the house on security cameras in the area along with the dog barking. So the dog did bark. We were told dog didn't bark, dog did bark. Text writes here, I found the murderer as bizarre as her, the roommate. He goes back to the crime scene at 9 a.m. hours after he butchered them with his cell phone on and trackable. I mean, how stupid can you be? So says Sherry, I thought about that too. Here's the crazy thing. When he went back at nine, they still hadn't called the police. That's just so nuts. Text writes, Tara, that girl is one sick human and if there's pictures of those poor kids out there, they should be sued. I'm wondering that too. I'm wondering. See, because then, once the phone calls go out from the house, we don't know which roommate made the call, right? We still don't know that. They haven't disclosed it yet. These roommates one or both of them it doesn't say called their friends first they're they're, okay oh my gosh my roommates are dead you want to come see it it's really cool i mean i don't know what they said well how does that conversation even go my whole house is a bloodbath a murder scene come on over i mean what what the heck And that's why Jonathan Gilliam, the FBI agent, says, I mean, literally, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. So this is not a normal way people react to a murder.
3: This was such a saturated uh, crime scene that morning when people actually called uh, other people that came there before police even got there. I find that to be the oddest, strangest thing I've just about ever heard.
2: Me too. I'm with you, buddy. I must never agree with an FBI agent, but there's one that makes some sense. Texter writes, hey, Tara, will Hollywood ever take responsibility for putting out movies that glorify violence and serial murders? Are we to pretend this type of content does not affect some in society? Oh, they know it does. They're the biggest hypocrites ever. They want to take our guns. Well, starring in movies where they kill everyone with a gun, but then telling us we're a sick society because we want to defend ourselves from those people with more guns. Texter writes, maybe they felt guilty and needed to figure out what to do for eight hours. This is what I want to know. What did you do for eight hours, honey? What did you do? I mean, shoot, you come down and fork from the marijuana high if that was the problem. Texter writes, I think she had a part in this. Women are smarter than men. They are always three steps ahead, PhD or not. Look, I, I I don't know, but I will tell you this. If you read the affidavit, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, I actually, it looked for a long time, and I think the media was saying, and they got it wrong, that the the police were just, you know, behind the ball on this one, didn't have any leads, didn't know. The media had no idea what they were talking about. You read the affidavit, it was incredible what the media, what the police, the the two agencies, the sheriff and the police, and the FBI did to catch them. I'm going to have to give them hats off. I mean, it was thorough. It was massive. They were following Koberger around for weeks while the media was still telling us they had no leads. So all of that coverage was completely wrong. But this isn't, and I know it's not, because I got it from the affidavit. So this is a sworn statement in court uh, with all the records to back it. So we we know that timeline is correct, and there's no answer to it. I mean, it is just weird.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.